The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of the Source of Truth podcast. And we're glad you're taking time to join us today. Uh, we're going to jump right into this passage as we have a, a, a pretty much an entire chapter in Ruth to cover. If we don't finish it all, we'll just finish it tomorrow. Um, but we're going to look at a section of Scripture that really, uh, the chapter 3 is broken up into three sections, but really it's all one running commentary. And so of this scenario, we talked about the fact that uh, Ruth has recognized um, uh, Boaz, he and, his, she and Naomi have communicated all about these different things. And so we talked a bit about the Kinson Redeemer and what it means and how it means for us today. But what we're going to do, chapter 3, really kind of breaks down the steps that Naomi had Ruth take and that Ruth took. And then some, we're going to see some history behind it. We'll see some of the culture of the time. But then we're also going to look at um, some just some great principles that we see in Ruth. Now, one of the things I always enc- I try to encourage when we study the Bible, a lot of times what we do is we say, if we study Jesus or study Peter, or in this case, study Ruth or whatever, we, we say we have to be like that person. Can I encourage you that I don't think Scripture was space so that I could be like Peter or be like this person, because I'm not. God's made me unique with my gifts and my battles and all of that. I think, though, there are some great character traits that we can see, good and bad. We can see from the failures of some, we can see from the victories of some. And that's really what we're going to look at today is a, uh, two primary attributes that we see that Ruth was known for. And then we're going to see a little bit of how, again, the picture of Christ and the Kinsman Redeemer come together in this for us. So let's just dive right into it, beginning in chapter 3. Um, in verse 1, it says this, Then Naomi, her mother, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee? that it may be well with thee. So what I'll do is I'm going to kind of stop as we hit different sections and explain what's going on. So Naomi was really saying, I desire good for you, that being a widow has a lot of its battles. Remember, uh, all the other commerce came to the husband, so there was a lot of extra weight upon a widow because there's so much limited they could do in those days. So she goes, I want rest for you. I want good for you. I want you to enjoy a family. So many good things I want for you. So she said, I I want it to be well with thee. Verse 2. He says, And now is not Boaz our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, uh, he, he went with barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon me, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the men, until he shall have done eating and drinking. So in verse 2, what basically is saying is they finished, they're, they're working on the harvest, and there's a lot out in the harvest, and so Boaz would have been sleeping outside to protect it from robbery and things of that nature, relatively known practice. He says, now wait till they're all, wait till he's asleep, and then do what I'm about to tell you to do. Verse 4, and it shall be when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and, it shall, and thou shalt go in, and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me I will do. Now I have to say, uh, probably not, an, it may not have been a normal custom for a Moabite woman to do out of her culture, out of her league to an extent, following the lead of her mother-in-law, um, continuing to do um, what she promised to do is to stay into the heritage of, of Naomi and, and the Israeli people. But it, what, So she comes in and goes, listen, go down and cover the feet. Probably nothing more simplistic than a great way to wake up. Um, uh, to wake up OS, make him realize she was there, and simply to try to do all of this in a situation where it didn't look wrong. 
That's a bad testimony, and that's why you would see later she got up and left before anybody else would have noticed her there. And she was laying there to make a point. So more than likely just trying to grab his attention. Verse number six, and she went down to the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went down to lie down at the end of the heap of the corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down, laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. So what she was stating is, she said who she was, and she explained culturally, I'm coming asking you to redeem me from my situation as a, as a widow because you are a kinsman, you are a family member. And you have, you know, there's a legal, we kind of asking him to take, to an extent, a legal, legal obligation. She's placing himself at the mercy of the feet of a kinsman saying, please, please do this. Verse 10, and he said, blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Now here's an interesting point, and one of the principles I wanted to look at. So she comes and she follows the principles that Naomi put forward. She talks to Boaz, she confers with Boaz, tells him what's going on, pleads with him to be the redeemer. Now we notice, we learn a couple things in this verse. One, we realize that more than likely Boaz is a bit older than Naomi because he stated that she could have been chasing, I say chasing, she could have been expecting to be um, marrying, remarrying a younger, a younger man, someone probably more her age. So he understood the scenario that instead of going after somebody or desiring or trying to look for a husband and somebody her age, she was willing to follow the custom and the culture. Now, please remember one of the things we mentioned was for her to remarry and have a child also kept the name of her original husband going. It was all part of keeping it in the family where if she'd gone with someone else, it would have been the name of another husband out of the family. And so the kinsman redeemer understood this. And so there was a lot of just keeping the name of Elimelech's family and her husband going. So uh, she understood this culture and he immediately brags on her about this. He says, you could have, you really, it would have made sense that you would have come home and said, I want to find someone my age and kind of start out on my own. And yet you've been willing to honor our customs. And that's, again, a Moabite woman willing to honor the customs of, of Israel. So he was immediately caught by her honor to be willing to honor the heritage before us. And you know, while I, as a, as a kind of in the middle of the age, not the youngest in our church or oldest or things of that nature in my generation, but you know, I come to a unique scenario to where I find myself, where I work with people who have, who are older than me, who have, you know, when I think of my church and think of many things, have handed these things to me. It is their sacrifice, it is their love, it is their investment in ministry that allows me to enjoy the facilities and all the, the heritage we have here. And then, our, of course, our church is 121 years old. At the same case, it's my responsibility to bring up the young next generation, help them to see. And it's a balance here because I believe too many in our generation are just kind of, I'm done with the old, I'm going to run off to do my own thing. And I think we miss out on some amazing potential to honor the heritage before us and all that we've been given to learn from them, not to repeat their mistakes. What can we learn from them? How can we be encouraged by them and mentored by them? And then we miss a great opportunity in doing that. And I think it's a great thing that Ruth showed that she was going to continue to honor the heritage and honor, honoring a promise she gave to Naomi before they came back. Um, let's go to verse 11. He said, And now my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee as thou all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people does know that thou art a virtuous woman. So we see that she was honor, uh, she was one that would honor the heritage which was known and he really appreciated. But two, she was virtuous. She had a wonderful testimony in town. 
I don't know how long they had been back at this point. Doesn't really clarify in detail. Uh, but we do realize long enough for the town to recognize her, for Boaz to get to know her. Her testimony was strong enough from her willingness to leave Moab to what she's doing to glean for her mother-in-law. All these things she was willing to do that none of which she had to do. She could have stayed home and stayed with the customs of her family, and yet she chose to leave them to follow Naomi. And so we see somebody who honored her heritage, but we also see someone with a very strong testimony. And I'm, I can tell you, we, we often want to say, and I believe there's truth behind this, we can't really live based upon the fear of what other people think. So we'll see things, I don't care what they think. And, and while I agree that if we live off the fear of another person's opinion, we're never gonna grow in Christ, we're never gonna move forward. Because Satan's always gonna have a critic in our life to tell us you can't do this, or you shouldn't do this, or it's wrong, or be careful what someone's going to say. At the same case, I do think there's a very important aspect that we have to understand. And it's not that I'm concerned about what people think about me, but I am concerned about the testimony that I give. Because see, let me explain what a testimony does. A testimony represents, number one, God. As someone who claims Christ, my testimony represents, number one, God, and all that the Bible states and my belief in him. And so when the world sees me, they will, they will represent much of what they know of God by a follower of God. And please understand, it does not demand perfection because one of the things we know about God is God is a gracious, holy, forgiving God. So we think, well, I've made mistakes in my life. I can never represent it. No, 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 no. One of the things that great attributes of God is his forgiveness and redemption. So if we've done wrong, we get right with God, we move forward, and we live in grace and redemption. That is a wonderful thing the world needs to recognize in God and can see through us. So we, a testimony, it doesn't mean perfection. It means growing. It means being real in, in, in these aspects. And so but it was a wonderful, powerful truth. But we also understand that our testimony represents God. Our testimony represents those who are associated to our last name. My last name is Love. So it represents, you know, I could say my great-grandfather, my father, grandfather, a missionary, my father, a pastor, uh, my mother. Those who have invested in me, who carry my name, um, I ha it represents them. And when you do things, you, you can influence others. Oh, are you related to so-and-so? Is that right or wrong? I just think it's a great honor to have a testimony. Actually, um, God tells children to honor your father and your mother. Now, I'm 44. I'm different. I don't live in the home, in my parents' home anymore. But I still want my actions to honor those honor and give a good name to my parents. So I hope we understand the great testimony. So testimony honors God, it honors those related to us, but you know, it also states a lot about who we are. And we can do wonder, and we live in a unique day where, you know, we do so much online, it's so much of it's posted, it's easy to, you know, well, they're talking today about tweets that people have stated from years ago that are now coming back to haunt people. Uh, we live in a unique day where it's no longer just one comment. Uh, and so it's important for us to understand it doesn't really matter what people think of us, but it does matter the testimony we give. Uh, and so I hope we, we can learn a great, great principle from there. So he goes, verse 12, he says, And now it is true that I am nine year kinsman. Howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to me, then I will do the part of a kinsman to thee. And so the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. So he says, you're right, I am one of your kinsmen, but there's one a relative closer to you. So I'm going to talk to him in the morning. If he redeems you, then that's the way the law is. We'll follow it that way. But if he can't, he can rescind that position, and then I will take it on, and I will marry you, and I will follow the procedure, you know, giving you, try to give you a child and allow the name of the family and all of the, the rights and all the great, the great privileges that come with that in the cult culture of the day. So in verse 14, 
And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up one, um, before one could know, an, uh, know another, or was laid at night early in the morning, dark, and he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Uh, it's a testimony issue more than anything. Verse 15, And he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley, and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her, the mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done unto her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit uh, sit still, my, my daughter, until thou, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest day, uh, until he hath finished the thing this day. So they go home. Obviously, Boaz is very kind, sends food back to the mother-in-law again. And she says, Just stay until Boaz figures it all out. So now what happens is you know, Ruth is just going to sit and wait and see how it all figures out. So we, we see, obviously, some of the culture, the history. We see uh, how that she honors the heritage that she promised to do. She's, her testimony is a very strong one. Uh, can I just give, in the, in, the, in the last couple of minutes, an interesting thought on the practical side of the kinsman redeemer we see is the picture of Jesus. This man, Boaz, is willing, like a picture, to redeem Ruth from her current scenario and offer her something she thought she never had, a way to honor her deceased husband and the family that she married into originally. We are in the same scenario because we are in the family of Satan, and when Jesus redeems us, he redeems us out of that. We talked about that. Can I just give two simple thoughts from this, two unique things? One, Ruth went and asked for it requested the redemption to be taken, recognized her sedition and condition and asked for it. And then Boaz was willing to follow. Uh, if we want to be redeemed from our life of sin and be moved into Jesus, it must be something we must recognize our need and, re- and request Jesus for it. I encourage you, as we've done a couple times in this, in this uh, excuse me, in these lessons, if you've not done that, don't you know, recognize that you need Jesus. You know, you know, much more than you need religion, you need Jesus. And be willing to go to him, repent of your sin, and call upon him and say, I need you. Trust me, he's promised to do that. That is the premise of redeeming us from where we are, from our slavery, from our sin, into a freedom that we find in Jesus Christ. And I, I encourage you to continue to grasp a hold of the great truth that is and be able to use that in something that can literally change your life. Well, thank you so much for taking time to join us today in this study. I know we covered a lot of information and I hope, it was, I hope it made sense. I hope it was encouraging as we think about just some great principles, uh, not only through salvation, but great principles in our daily life. While we never strive to be like somebody in the Bible because they weren't perfect, um, and when we, we can't reach perfection anyway, we can strive to desire to take those qualities in, and I hope that we desire to honor those around us. It's so, I think it's missing in our culture today, and I think it's needed. And number two, I think that it's important for us to have a testimony that honors God, honors our family, and honors us, uh, and gives people a good representation of us, not for concern of what they may think, but for a great testimony uh, to be able to move forward in what God is doing in our lives. Thank you so much for taking time to join us today. We hope it was encouragement, helpful, and we hope to see you again next time. I hope you enjoy your rest of your day. God bless.